Today on the Plumber Fire Podcast, I have Amanda Hewer and Ryan Palmer from the Master Builders Association. Both Amanda and Ryan are coordinators of the Master Builders Born to Build program, which I'm looking forward to discussing today. Thanks for joining me, Amanda and Ryan. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, Ryan, to kick us off, can you speak to the Master Builders Born to Build program and why it's so important, how it came about? For sure, for sure. I've Everyone's pretty aware that there's a, a pretty big skill shortage at the moment in the industry. Uh, so Master Builders have got on the front foot with the Born to Build program, which is just about inspiring and educating the next generation of tradies with a big focus on youth, uh, female and Aboriginal participation. So yeah, sweet. just sort of spreading the awareness of what the industry is, uh, what's involved in, in a trade and uh, sort of showing the benefits and the mm-hmm. lifestyle and trying to get inspiring more people into it. Yeah. And how about do you guys go, is it it's schools, sporting clubs? Amanda, yeah, we're um, we're hitting schools pretty hard. Yeah, um, we've done a fair few presentations already, um, getting pretty good good feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, discussing bits and pieces with the kids. Um, we're starting to get into sporting communities as well, sort of thinking about the bigger picture and building a, a future on and off the field, if you like. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, really targeting the the younger kids to um, sort of get them informed about all the possibilities out there yeah. um, in building and construction. Yeah, that's so important because you guys at the Master Builders are also sponsoring that. You, I think you went out there, the, the Aboriginal Basketball Academy. Yeah, for sure, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, got a lot going on there at the moment, which is great. And that's like, what a, what a great opportunity to try and get kids like within that sporting group to think about, you know, starting a trade. They're all like young, fit kids, perfect to start a trade so well suited you know absolutely yeah that's really important there's definitely been a bit of a shift as well in the the culture of what a sporting club is these days back in the day you just you rocked up you played your footy you played your soccer whatever it was and then you know that was that and we're definitely seeing a shift and i think it's an important thing it's shifting in a lot of different spaces but the support that a sporting club can offer and that's where we're trying to sort of add value we're sort of saying to them look we can help and come support your players through not only their sporting journey but also mm-hmm. their life journey you mm-hmm. know it, uh, sporting clubs are a great place to gain a sense of community and a sense of purpose and being able to go to a club and say look we can help facilitate career paths and help foster and mentor your young players off the field as well uh, yeah. and that's really appealing to sporting clubs and definitely something that we're really trying to contribute to yeah that's awesome yeah. and i want to definitely touch on how the program works and how it facilitates things uh, shortly but anyone with a business in the like a trade business would know how hard it is to get someone to come and work for you essentially and then <laughs> on the flip side any any consumer who's trying to get a tradie even myself it's it's an absolute nightmare at the moment like the the you know the lead times are usually crazy even just to get someone out to to give you a quote is mm. difficult um i wanted to ask amanda what's the trade you're seeing the most shortages in at the moment yeah look it is pretty um across the board um but we're definitely seeing um a shortage in um bricklayers yeah um We've actually had heaps of carpentry uh, potential apprentices come through recently, which is good, so kind of hitting that target. Um, but 
Yeah, Ryan, do you want to... Yeah, Brick Lane's the big one. That's probably the most uh, public one as yep. well because there's yep. so much residential building going on at the moment. It's very common to see like, reverse builds. So mm. the frames up, the roof's on, the walls are sheeted, everything's done, there's still no bricks. Yeah, it's so just that's wrapped. probably the one that we see is probably the most public trade. I mean, you've spoken to me numerous times about a lack of roof plumbers as well. Yeah, So that I plumbers. also know another friend that owns a, a, a roofing company up in the hills that's saying the same thing. He just cannot find apprentices mm. so carpentry electrical and plumbing are sort of the three the big three that most people have awareness of uh but there's so many uh, wall and ceiling lining there's, there's so many different other trades out there yeah that, uh massive massive shortages like as well. wall and floor tilers i think well from my perspective in the trades without knowing any data about it seems to be definitely a difficult one to get a hold of and actually speaking of bricklayers i got told the other day by a friend in the building industry they're paying like three dollars a brick now yeah, the last I heard it was about mid twos, so yeah. it wouldn't surprise me if it's probably pushing three now, just yeah. because it's just this ongoing shortage is just a real, a real, real issue. Bricklaying, I think, is from from what I've seen, is the is the big one that mm -hmm. we really needs attention pretty quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's. I never even sort of clicked to what was going on, but when you go on past all these new houses and they're just they're literally wrapped in sarking mm. or you know plastic and then you walk through the front door and they're literally finished it's that handover yeah it seems that's like exactly that's right. just been a new like that reverse build has only popped up in the last sort of three or four years i never, i can't say i'd ever really noticed it before there's a, there's a few builders that have been doing it for a little while uh they've sort of got ahead of the game which is really good but yeah definitely in the last sort of two or three years it's really mm. and not by choice because they just cannot get bricklayers at the moment yeah it's a real issue yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, heaps of opportunity in bricklaying then, eh? Massive, massive mm. money to be made at the moment. And I, I think I really think that there's going to be... It's probably now the best time to ever be a bricklayer because especially with the world, sustainability and all you know, natural resources and all that good stuff, Like I really think there's going to be a, a pivot quite soon to, to new resources that have never been used. So mm -hmm. especially in a place like Adelaide where it's always a little bit behind the times, if you can... If you can get in early, you can get your foot in the door and really be proactive in finding what the next big thing is going to be that builders are really going to yeah. look for. Yeah. Some eco-friendly material that's you're the only one in Adelaide using it. Mm. I think it's a really good time to really... You can really carve out a really good niche for yourself in the industry at the moment. Um, yeah. Bricklayer, like, never been a better time to be a bricklayer. With the money that's going and, like I said, opportunities like that coming through, mm. I think it's a great time. Mm -hmm. And yeah. added initiatives, I found out the other day, um, so the government's really pushing sustainability. Mm. Um, so they're offering added incentives to uh, apprentices that are working for uh, really? builders that, that are thinking about the future and, and working in sustainability. So yeah, renewable energies, yeah. Yeah, yep. Are they incentives like for the apprentice or for the builder or for, for both? Do you know how they work? For the company, I'm pretty sure. So if you're a... I'll make, you might I think um, Deb from Heathfield was saying that the apprentice gets a like it's a cash incentive mm -hmm. um, at certain stages. So apprentices will get um, bonuses or, you know, money incentives um, yep. during their apprenticeship anyway, but it's an, um, an extra an extra amount on top mm. kind of thing. So That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Sp speaking of incentives, like, um, you know, how they've, they've, they've stopped it now, but they, they had that, um, I don't know what they called that incentive, but where you took on an apprentice... It was like mid-COVID and the government would pay half their wage for the first year of the apprenticeship. We had it a lot in plumbing and it was huge and it did give us heaps of incentive to bring on apprentices because they were basically half price for the first year. Um, I, I, I wish I could remember the name. I'll, I'll put it in the show notes, but that was huge. And I one of the things I've been thinking about is 
you know, to, to say to have a first year apprentice, they're still costing a company like a th- about a thousand bucks a week, you know. So they are, a, I, I think maybe from from my perspective as a business owner, it's like it would be awesome if maybe yeah, some of these incentives might need to come come back. Mostly the way I'm thinking is because it's it is actually quite expensive to have an apprentice, and then on the flip side, apprentices aren't making huge coin at the moment so I think maybe as like where I'm going with this is like as an incentive for kids to want to take up an apprenticeship maybe I I, I keep thinking to myself maybe they need to start it would be awesome if they thought about bringing in sort of some sort of um, incentives for the apprentice because you know the cost of living these days and everything I think that might be something that turns them off a bit is I mean although that in doing an apprenticeship they do get paid which is awesome compared to uni but um, it's not a lot at the start and I think what turns kids off is the fact that they think, oh, I'm do- they, they, it's hard to, to think long term. You know, they're, they're not thinking four years down the track when they're going to be killing it, but they're thinking like, oh, how am I going to get through this first two years? I'm, you know, I want to try and leave home. You know, I'm not going to be with my parents anymore. I'm going to have to pay for all these things. You know, how do you guys see that? Because I think the cost of living pressures might be a disincentive for some people to take up an apprenticeship. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially like saying the cost of living at the moment is is huge, mm. um, and there's there's been a big shift in that, and especially with the the, the labour shortage at the moment, encouraging mature age anyone over twenty one mm. into the trades. There's a lot of people that want to pivot. Yeah, and there's a lot of talk at the moment about trying to bring back some incentives to subsidise the cost of mature age because they obviously cost more. Mm. So it's something that master builders are looking at quite a bit, and a lot of other organisations of mm-hmm. how we can you know, maybe go to the government or whatever it is it looks like to try and get some subsidies back because we're sitting here with screaming for people and there's people that are, you know, maybe uh, mid-20s yeah. or, or late-20s that have started a career that they really want to pivot from or don't enjoy or want to give this a crack. Mm-hmm. And we're sitting there going, yeah, cool, we need you, but, oh, you cost too much. Well, yeah. so that you can't push and pull at the same time. There's got to be some yeah. shift. So something that's definitely comes up a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, especially if, you know, you're, you know, traditionally you'd started most people, you know, I was only talking to my father about this on the weekend about he started his apprenticeship when he was 15. You know, mm-hmm. he still lived at home. Mm-hmm. He didn't need That's a lot. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. and that has definitely shifted now. There's a big push for SACE. There's a big push for finishing year 12. So you're a lot older when you're starting your, mm. you know, and Amanda and I can both, we both started ours in our early 20s as well. So I used to work at the pub on the weekend just to pay my bills because mm-hmm. it wasn't much, you know, mm-hmm. but I think you're right having that, you've got to have that long game in yeah. your head. Yeah. But easier said than done. Yeah. I, I do agree. Yeah. So I, I think the coolest thing at the moment is school kids have got so many opportunities at school so in year 11 you can be finishing starting and finishing your cert two mm-hmm. which is a foot in the door to start you know and then in, in year um in year 12 you can be starting a school-based apprenticeship so by the time you finish school you can have your says and you can be you know fairly well into your apprenticeship yeah at you know 17 18 so yeah. i don't know many 17 year olds that are ready to leave home so mm, you know yeah. by the time they're 20 they're yeah, exactly. fully qualified yeah yeah and ready to get out there and and yeah hard. that is important actually because i i did personally i start i finished my apprenticeship when i was just before i turned 21 you know because i just left i didn't do um year 12 because i just school wasn't for me but um so that was actually awesome I, like i did the hard yards early but i was like you said i was just living at home mm. because i was only 17 18 19 20 then by the time i was you know before i turned 21 i'd finished my apprenticeship so um yeah but it's sort of the mature age thing it does get a bit harder when they're um you know not living at home and stuff like that 
definitely yeah. it, it's such a huge opportunity to recruit to solve this skill shortage we've got mm. so there needs to mm. there needs to be something happening there to, to make it more appealing yeah for, for business owners and for apprentices as well. yeah both agree. yeah both sides definitely and I, for a bit of context are you am i right in saying you guys are both sparkies uh, i'm an electrician you're a data yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm a data swahi. Yeah. Specialised. <laughs> Comes up all the time. So, you, when did you start yours, Ryan? So I started mine at uh, 21, I think. 21, yep. just turned 22. Yeah. So I uh, joined the military at a high school, spent some time in, in the army working with the helicopters, and then when I left the army, I picked up my apprenticeship, mm-hmm. which was great. And Amanda, what's your sort of background in the trades? So I. Um, was I went travelling after school, had no idea what I wanted to do. Went to uni for a year, wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, bought a caravan and started travelling around Australia. And it was when I was 22 um, that a very good friend of mine in Darwin said that she wanted to learn a trade. And um, that was the, f- the first moment that I realised that that was sort of an opportunity for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I did some research and um, contacted Peer. Uh, and by the time we travelled down the East Coast, which is probably about a year later, I sat my interview, my aptitude tests, and started my apprenticeship. Yeah? At, yeah, 22. Yeah, I was okay. 22 when I started. And that so. was an apprenticeship like in data cable? Data, yeah, four years. Is that what it's called? Yeah, um, telecommunications. So, okay. Yeah, data cable. Is there a bit of a, you know... A, is, is electricians no, better than rivalry? All. That's the word I was looking for. No, not even no? a little bit. No? <laughs> it's one of those things, like, you get in, in the army too, you know... The army will fight with the navy, and but then as soon as someone starts on the navy, we're, we're best friends. So same thing. So we're both sitting here, but we're probably closer than plumbers. So you're probably actually the enemy. Oh, <laughs> oh. if I'm being oh. honest. <laughs> on site, there is a bit of a rivalry. Yeah. I'm okay. not going to lie. Okay. Um, okay. I could just feel the little tension there. When no. you like, oh, I'm a sparky, and she's a data cable. <laughs> we'll, we'll have our little battles, but then if you say something, then we're best friends. Oh, that's right. That's right. I see how this yeah. works. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, Amanda. Um, I think getting women, more women into the, the trade seem to be, seems to be a really important piece of the puzzle. And as a woman in the construction industry, I'd, I'd love to hear some of the, the barriers or the challenges you faced you know, in, in your tra- trade career. And, and if you could speak to some of the concerns, maybe that like common concerns girls, women might have about a career in, in construction. And, and also, it's a long question, but also the, some of the resources and that they, they have now to, to be able to you know, get through their apprenticeship. Yeah, sure. Um, the best thing about this day and age is there's so much support, no matter what your gender. Mm-hmm. So, um, like Ryan was saying, there's a big push, uh, you know, the skill shortages industry-wide, um, and we're definitely looking at addressing that. Um, I think the, the only sort of barriers, like when I started, it was a man's world. And let's be honest, yeah. the women are still outnumbered for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not so uncommon to see a female no, in high vis. Mm. You know, people don't sort of double take quite so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the main thing is if, because there's so much support out there, there's so many incentives, there's so many, um, uh, like, you know, high vis, women mm. building Australia, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's lots of um, support out there for women. We're really driving the point that it really doesn't matter who you are, where you've come from, whether you're a man or a woman or whatever, um, constructions for everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think the more opportunity we get um, to speak to these young kids to, to let them know that, you know, it's an opportunity for them as well, 
to really break down that stigma. Yeah. Um, that's that's what we're all about because really the only barrier out there is uh, traditional kind of stereotypes, mm. which uh, have no place in construction. No. Yeah, that's that's definitely. I've, I've got that feeling when I did my apprenticeship back in oh, mid two thousands, I suppose. Started maybe about two thousand four. That yeah, there was just not. There was barely you 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 go to trade school, you wouldn't see one. Mm. There was there was just no no women doing it, and it, yeah, it's so awesome now to see um, lots of women taking up trades. And I feel personally, I think maybe it's been like since that's the social media has come in a bit more, and there's just all these awesome like. Um, tradey lady sort of Instagram pages and stuff like even for me it's just inspiring to see that's that sort of gear I think yeah it, it, social media has changed everything and I think Amanda's got a very good point things like Hybiz Narwick having those visible examples like you're saying you know when you it's very rare traditionally it's been very rare to see a female so if you are that one female you think you're the only one or you feel like you're the only one but having examples like Amanda at Born to Build and having Hybiz and these other people around visible examples that you can see touch and feel mm. that you're not the only one I think is crucial yeah. and helping make that shift yeah definitely sure. mm. and and spreading a positive kind of insight as mm. well like I love my job the only reason I'm not on the tools now is because this opportunity came up yeah. and it was like too good to, to mm. pass up yeah so um, yeah it's it's a really good place and I think over the 18 years that I've spent on the tools there has been a noticeable shift in mentality. Mm-hmm. All the young guys coming up, all the apprentices now are very respectful. Yeah, um, yeah. Just the way that they um, speak around site, the way that they speak to their peers. Yeah. Um, it's a lot different to, to how it was when I started. So yeah. it's, it's a good place to be. So are you getting a lot more um, girls in the schools interested in taking up apprenticeships? Like, is that is the data showing that they... Seems to be from like a. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's still early days in Born to Build, so we're still sort of gathering that data as we go. Yeah. But I think like you, you know, you, Amanda gave a, a presentation, a little try trade out at Mitchum's uh, Mitchum Girls school, school, and you said it was they were engaged and enjoyed it. It was really cool. So we're trying to get some activities involved with our powerpoints, um, with our presentations, so it's not just mm. uh, you know very death by PowerPoint. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just content yeah. heavy, and yeah. you know. Um, so we're trying to sort of think of a way of really getting the kids engaged. So getting some activities, getting some races going and stuff like that um, really seems to spark a bit more of an interest mm-hmm. and get the kids involved. Yep. Um, so yeah, at Mitchum, um, we knocked up a, a timber frame and just having the girls using power tools, mm. they were... They loving it? Yeah, yeah. You, could see, you could see that there were butterflies in the belly and they were really engaged. Yeah. And, um, you know, asking, can I keep this drill? You know, yeah. it was cool. And you could see that they wanted to do it again and again. So, That's so good. Which is yeah, an opportunity that they, unless Amanda and Born to Build were there, it was mm. an opportunity they might not have had. Yeah. You know, one of the things we sort of say, you know, if your dad's an accountant, your mum's a lawyer, what chance have you got of ever knowing what a chippy does or what a mm. telecommunications technician does? Yeah. When are, we, are you ever going to touch a drill? You're probably not. You yeah. know, so that's the, the power that we can. You know, the, the message we're trying to send, and yeah, our superpower that we can do is showing that. And that, and that that leads perfectly into the next question I had, which is something that you know Will Frogley mentions a lot is that there's that common misconception that like if you're struggling at school, you're not mm-hmm. going to go to uni. That the second or third option is a trade. You know, and. Um, like to just hear you guys thoughts around that sort of like old school way of thinking which doesn't seem super enticing for a kid when they're like 
get you know, Jimmy, like you're struggling, mate. Maybe you should think about being a bricklayer. Mm. You know, that whole old school mentality just needs to change, I think. Massively, massively. And it's something that we've been talking about for a while and something I'm pretty passionate about in the sense that you should want to do a trade. And I, this is sort of one of my taglines is like, it should be the foundation of which you build your career upon. I never thought, and I'm sure Amanda feels the same way, that we'd ever be sitting here doing a podcast talking to you right now about this stuff when we mm. started our apprenticeship. You know, exactly. The, the way you can pivot and evolve and grow. Uh, there's so many people in the industry and so many of our ambassadors started on their trade and now they're site supervisors for some of the biggest, mm. baddest construction companies, business yeah. development. You can move into architecture. I've got a friend that's a carpenter for years and then moved into architecture because he yeah. discovered he had a bit of a flair for design. Endless possibilities. And then it gives him, you know, he's looking at things on plans and talking to people going, that, that, that can't be done for that money or mm. in that time frame. Or like he's got that foundational knowledge mm-hmm. and it's something that I think is important. And also, a lot of students coming through going, they want to go study construction management at university. And I'm always saying, great, do it. But do a chippy apprenticeship first, do a trade first, mm. build that foundation. And then you can, when you're walking around on site, not only the, the more respect you'll command on site, because I know that you've done it, but you do know what you're talking about and you're going to yeah. be so much better at your job if you've got that understanding. Yeah. So I, I'm a huge believer in a trade should be the foundation and the first step in your career that you then build upon. The mm-hmm. possibilities are endless, mm-hmm. and also the safety net. You know, if I lost my job tomorrow, whatever for whatever reason, I can jump back on the tools. I can work for friends. I can do. It. I've got that skill set that I will always have working. Yeah, hundred percent. Fantastic. I'm, you feel the same way. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, the life skills that you sort of acquire on the way. You mm. know, you can do little fix-it jobs at yeah, home. Yeah, that's mm. one of the best parts. I I reckon. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. quite into woodwork, so I don't. Telecommunications doesn't really call for many cash jobs, yeah. um, I'll, I'll be honest. Um, but I do um, make a whole heap of stuff out of timber at home, like furniture, a whole heap of things. But yeah, And those are the, the skills that I've kind of acquired along the way as well that I'll have with me forever. Yeah, you know? that's, yeah. What, yeah that's one of the things I think people don't realise is that if, if, you start, if you start an apprenticeship in plumbing or electrical or data cabling, you know, you're not just going to be doing data cabling like as you go along you end up you know you at this you put a trimmer in here and then mm. you fix this noggin here and totally. then you do a bit of plasterboarding and then all of a sudden like four years go down the track and you realize like man i could i could rent out my bathroom mm. mm-hmm. you know or like fix fix a room in my house if i wanted to yeah so I, you learn so many like transferable skills onto other things that's important for people to know because i think they might sometimes these kids might think they get pigeonholed into from a plumber's perspective, just like unblocking poo. Yeah. But it's not really like that at all. Yeah, you know? 100%. And also the life skills that come with that, also the confidence that comes with that just in life. There's so many transferable skills. The technical skills are great, mm. but just the commitment, rocking up on time, presenting well, dealing with clients, you know, all that good mm. stuff. And same thing, you know, the confidence of, I could run in my bathroom, like I am capable of that. Yeah. Having that confidence and that skill set. Yeah. Is, um, so it's not just the technical skills of knowing your trade. It's mm-hmm. also everything that follows on from that. Yeah, is, is definitely. Perfect. So yeah, and I think schools are definitely coming around to that. Mm-hmm. And the the emergence of school-based apprenticeships coming through, as Amanda touched on earlier, is huge. And schools are slowly but surely coming around to that fact of what can we do to support these students rather than just get the outcome of, you know, schools sell themselves in the completion rate. We know that. Yeah. You know, send your kid here, we have a 98% completion rate that your student, will, your child will finish mm. year 12. So being able to do a school-based apprenticeship, start that in year 12 and have your cake and eat it too. The yeah. school gets the completion rate, the student gets out of the classroom a bit and yeah. gets a head start on their career. It's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. You know? So slowly but surely, 
the, the wider world is coming around to the fact that it's a good thing to do. Yeah, so good. Amanda, how does the, can you, you spoke about it before, and how does the school-based apprenticeship work? That was one of the things I was really interested to find out. Um, you know, how, like you were saying, like, is there some Cert 2 subjects or something they can do, and then it, does yes. it takes time off their apprenticeship? Or, or it, not? it definitely does. So you get um, recognition of prior learning, I believe, um, from Cert th- uh, 2 with the modules that you complete, mm-hmm. um, which assists in uh, your Cert 3, you know, your four-year apprenticeship. So I believe, and don't quote me on it, but maybe some of the time, um, like you don't have to finish four years if you've done a Cert 2. I think, it, yeah, to, to my understanding, a Cert 2 is essentially the most of the first year of your trade schooling is what a Cert 2 is. Okay. So it's appealing for employers because you get an apprentice come on that's done a Cert 2 in plumbing. Mm. You didn't have to send them to trade school mm. for half as long. Yeah. You know, the first yeah. year, essentially. So it's saving you money as well because you're not going to pay for their trade schooling and that yeah. sort of thing. And some foundational yeah. skill sets. So at least if it doesn't take time off their apprenticeship, which we'd, we'll look into, I suppose, and I'll put it in the show notes, it's more about it, it's definitely taking time off their trade school. I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident of that as well. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. And then in year 12, you can... Well, from year 10, you can really tailor your subjects. So teachers are really, really good. You know, they know what they're talking about. They can help kids choose the right subjects. So maths is a big one for a lot of trades. Um, uh, physics, you know, mm-hmm. is, like, lends itself very well to uh, electrical. Um, and I know there's a big push on um, making the subjects relevant yeah. to a trade as well so there's there's a lot going on um the government is uh, very proactive in sort of making it um a learning space that is mm. guaranteeing a decent future and a good understanding a good foundation to be, you know becoming an apprentice and is it all schools doing this or is it like mostly the vet specific schools or can all, you get this done at any school yeah all schools have the capability to do it um it's just whether they're aware of how if they've got the right connections to do a cert or that sort of thing yeah so something that a student has to sort of know they want to do from year 10 from mid-year 10 they have to if they want to do a school-based apprenticeship in year 12 they have to start making the right decisions mm. in year 10 mm-hmm. to get their subject selections amanda touched on right so they have to structure their space and a bit differently to someone that is just going to complete school through to year 12 there's a little bit of chopping and changing and mm. rearranging so that they can have that free time in year 12 yep. to get out on the tools a couple of days a week. So it's a decision that they have to make quite early. Yep. But if they do, and they can, and their school's across it, their vet coordinator's are across it, and whoever their SACE coordinator is, any school's got the capacity. So typically the it. person to speak to in the school environment would be... Your vet coordinator. Your vet coordinator. Your vet coordinator is probably the first point of contact, and yep. they'll probably liaise with whoever's structuring their SACE. Okay. It's the way to go about it. Yeah, awesome. Um. What's, I, I don't know if this is going to be like a, people aren't going to, you know, a bit of a controversial question, but um, that sort of old school way of thinking where, you know, because I come across a lot actually with, with kids that come come across my desk and they say, say for instance, as a real world example, they're just started year 12, they know they want to be a tradie, but they have this like, Oh, that old school sort of mentality that gets passed down from the parents is, oh, no matter what, you still have to finish your SACE and then you can go and start your apprenticeship. Um, and from my real world perspective, is like, I'd, I've, I, look, it's, it's still important to finish school no matter what. That's, that's, that's important if that's what you want to do. But I would say I've met so many people along the way, friends as well, people that I work with who went and, say, finished year 12 
because they wanted their SACE, but they, no one I've ever known in the real world has ever actually used that SACE or needed that SACE. I'd like to know what you guys' thoughts on that is because I don't know, I don't want to be saying to kids, you shouldn't finish school. But like for me, I actually benefited massively from getting out of school at like the start of year 12 when I got suspended three times for being a little <laughs> rat bag. You know, I did get that one year head start. I didn't try it. Like, you know, I got a mate who <laughs> did all of year 12 trying to get his SACE, knowing he wanted to be a plumber. And he didn't even get it anyway. He failed. And there was just like a year down. He could have just started. So what's your thoughts on that? So I'll, <laughs> I'll be hard honest. To answer. So um, when we go into school presentations, I think the big push, because it's important to parents and it's important to schools, as Ryan was mentioning. Yeah. Um, so we definitely, well, I don't think it's our place to say leave mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. You know, don't, don't worry about SACE kind of thing. Um, because... I think that's stepping on a few toes. Yeah, definitely. But what I would say is with the school-based apprenticeships, it's great to have the support of your teachers, of the school. It's a good support network Mm. to have. So it's not like you're having one or the other. You don't have to stay at school and just be doing the, you know, regular subjects like, you know, when when we were younger Mm -hmm. kind of thing. There are those possibilities out there. So you can be starting like I was saying before you can be a good chunk into your apprenticeship and still finish your SACE yeah so you kind of you get the best of both worlds yeah Yeah. so I would be very careful yeah it's not my place to sort of I knew it would be a difficult question to answer yeah yeah I I think it's very situational I think it's definitely if you've got someone a, a student that is really struggling at school and really doesn't like you know yourself or getting into trouble and stuff or well, you need to make the best yeah, decision for that that's a good yeah for that's that student, a good way you know, like it, yeah it just it's silly to try and force them into mm-hmm. square peg round hole situation you mm-hmm. know if they really want to get out of there i think it's silly to try and mm. keep them there i can just hear my parents going yeah no, you should finish school you know and this is the, exactly why it, yeah. and that was why the, yeah back then the focus was finish year 12 go to uni mm-hmm. and then you can do whatever you want with but, your life but have even having this ability to do a school-based apprenticeship i never yeah had that back in the mid 2000s when i finished school so that, that's just awesome that yeah. yeah like i said it's definitely the landscape's evolving and changing and i think schools are coming around to that okay this isn't you know what we've been doing isn't working or is not getting the best results as often as it could so mm-hmm. how can we pivot and, and make it better but there definitely is to your point uh, a bit of a stigma and, and stereotype with parents about you know especially when you start getting to the top tier schools and it costs a lot yeah. you know, i didn't spend this much on your education if you yeah. become a bloody brookie you know yeah, like, yeah. that's a lot of some of the stuff we get so and we sort of you know as us that know in the trades we sort of just laugh and go yeah but the brookie's going to be earning more than the yeah. accountant or whatever it is you go and do anyway you yeah. know so it's a bit of a, a backwards uh, thought process but and i think that'll just change over time with education i think just mm-hmm. you know us are born to build look are looking to do some parent stuff some of the schools are bringing in the parents for vet education nights and trying to showcase the the appeal of doing a cert two or a school-based apprenticeship um, mm-hmm. and we're just trying to get behind that as much as we can but i think yeah to answer you know, that is a tough question i think if anyone has a cape, like I struggled at school from a, I just lost seeing the value. I wanted to be out there working. I did get through it and I'm glad that I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can certainly see there was a lot of friends that either, you either get them into an apprenticeship or you let them do what they want to do or they're going to act out, like you said, and just not get the benefits. And like I said, be a year behind wherever they are. So yeah, quite situational, but I think there are benefits to 
students leaving school mm-hmm. in the right circumstance. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Spot on, Ryan. Mm. That is, yeah, <laughs> that both it. good answers. <laughs> I knew it would be, yeah, it is a tough question to answer because, yeah, you don't want to step on the toes and it is important to finish school, but it is definitely situational mm. as well. Like, if I had have been, I don't know, like, forced into doing school, God knows what would have happened, I would have, mm. it just, yeah, wouldn't have worked. So, yeah, some kids just might definitely. be best for them to get out but you know also it is important to finish safe and that's why that school-based apprenticeship is just huge now like i said have your cake and eat it too yeah the school gets their completion the parents are happy and the students out there working three yeah. or four days a week on the tools as well as a day at school which also lends itself to completion rates too because we find that students that are doing school-based apprenticeships will the completion rate for their apprenticeship goes through the roof getting through that first year is critical mm-hmm. and having the extra support and familiarity of school one or two days a week helps massively yeah. So if there was like a, a you know kid in that situation listening to this, do they? What's the process for them? We've t- touched on it before with the vet coordinators, but do they? Can they get in touch with the master builders, like the Born to Build program directly, and you guys help them out, or how does the Born to Build program function in that way? Yeah. So, do you want to say this? No, go for it. You're up. So um, they can definitely get uh, on the website borntobuild.com.au. Born to number two. Yep. Um, and then we've got um, heaps of information that the handbook is available uh, as a digital copy there Um, and we're really encouraging kids to do their research Um, there's a big misconception about what the trades are what Mm. does it involve what does a typical day look like and so it kind of spells out you know a lot of the trades there Um, what uh, what sort of things could you be good at that would lend itself well to the trades? What sort of money you might be mm. on once you're mm. qualified? Um, so there's all that sort of good stuff there. Um, some tips on, uh, you know, where to go. So on Born to Build, uh, there's an application form there that you can fill out that comes to Ryan and myself. Um, and then we contact uh, these people one-on-one and then give them more information and um, some steps to sort of follow from there. Awesome. And is it the same from the school's perspective? If the schools want to get you guys out to... Definitely. We've got an inquiry form on there, which the students can also use as well. So, yeah, if if you're a student or a teacher and you want more information or you're sitting there going, what do I do? How do I... You know, this is something that sounds really good. They listen to this podcast and go, how do I start a school-based apprenticeship? Mm. You can do an inquiry form on the website and that'll come through to both Amanda and myself and we'll give you a call and we're more than happy we won't do it we won't we won't be the one sitting down with your vet coordinator you've got to do that but yep. we can certainly say to you look this is what you need to be asking this is what you need to be saying and we can we're here to help mm-hmm. walk through yep. to get the process started and point you in the right direction yeah and you touched on the handbook Amanda that's that thing is absolutely elite I, I never had any is that just none because, of us is that just because you're no, in no, it look, I don't, yeah, <laughs> you're, yours truly is in there <laughs> <laughs> But um, I wasn't happy with the photo. I didn't know I was going to go. I, well, I did know a little bit. The photo's I just fine. told the my wife. Anyway, let's <laughs> not go there. It's not about me. That handbook is just unbelievable. Is it, is it what you would call like a prospectus? Is that what they call it for uni? I swear that there's that term. It is now. Yeah. 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 That, <laughs> how, do you, how do the um, schools get a hold of this handbook? Because that is just the most incredible um, piece of like literature you guys have brought out. And can you just maybe just touch on what the handbook is all about sure that'd yeah. be awesome they can do an inquiry form on, on the website mm-hmm. and we're more than happy to bring physical copies out it can also be downloaded off the website straight to your desktop so yep. you can have it in a pdf format which is great but yeah it was really sort of the first time i think that the industry's had that broad 
this is everything in you know the bible of the industry sort of thing of, of yeah. potential apprenticeships and and not only apprenticeships but even white collar jobs it's got interior designing in there like every single avenue in building and construction is touched on in this book and it's just one page on each job clear concise information not overloading not wordy for those younger students mm -hmm. um, it's just a bit of a one-stop shop for information and like i said universities have been putting out those books for years and years with all the the core subjects and information and all this sort of stuff and buildings yeah had nothing once again nothing. if you if your dad's an accountant your mum's a lawyer what chance have you got of knowing yeah. what opportunities are out there yeah so it's the first time that the industry's really had something and something that the, the born to build team and master builders are very proud of oh yeah it's so and, and it's like one of those things when it comes out you think like why i can't believe this wasn't out 30 years ago this is mm. like seems 100%. like a no-brainer but definitely now yeah. it's there and it's physically the kids can see because i does it am i right in saying it shows a little bit of like what for instance you might be interested in and what that like your personal interests are and that how that might transfer over to like what type of apprenticeship you might be yeah definitely just you know sort of says daily tasks are like helps to be good at so yeah like, so you know if you're going to do you know bricklaying is quite a physical job so it's, you know, it helps to be physically fit enjoy mm -hmm. the outdoors and things like that so mm -hmm. you're not just yeah, in an office sending emails it sort of yeah gives you that perspective the kids who are take might think about taking up a bricklaying apprenticeship it's like you don't even have to go to the gym like you're just doing, yeah. you, you do a brick playing apprenticeship and you get to stay like physically in good nick as well. Yeah, it's so like, true. You, you know, so, so even true. these little I'm, things people don't think of. I'm three months off the tools and I need to change <laughs> It <laughs> catches up quickly, doesn't it? it? Does. When you get a bit older, like yeah. mid 30s or whatever, and you just look at the cake and it's put on a kilo. 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but definitely. when you're brick laying or digging trenches or, you know, a lot or, um, doing the normal apprenticeship things or in, in your trade, geez, you, you just keep, you, keep fit as well we find that's why it lends itself to, to sporting clubs and communities yeah, so nicely as well because definitely. you know I mean, anyone that goes to their you know if anyone's involved in any local footy club or any sporting club really you see that there's quite a big you know a lot of the the gun players or that sort of thing tend to be tradies or tend to live that lifestyle and have the nice ute and all that stuff mm -hmm. and live, live mm -hmm. that lifestyle mm -hmm. and keep you know organically keep fit throughout yep. their job yeah it's great is there anything that kids who potentially might be say they're a year eight or nine and they're they're starting they're looking at starting to think you know i think even at that age the the, the kids the, yeah. the schools are trying to get them to think about where they want to be what are the some of the important things these the these students need to start to be looking at you know because for instance i'm thinking of things like doing your white card or um doing x course or getting police clearance certificate like is there some things that you could suggest that these kids should be thinking about doing definitely um so if there is a possibility of Cert 2, definitely do that. Um, which, and during Cert 2, you'll get your white card. Mm -hmm. uh, we're definitely saying to these young kids, get your driver's license as soon as you can, mm -hmm. because obviously Just getting right, getting yeah. to and from site, yep, that's uh, definitely a big one. Do your research. There's so much out there. Um, I'm pretty confident that there's a trade that would appeal to most people. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, so a lot of kids um, aren't aware of all the trades so someone builds a, a house yeah it's not true. just the builder that builds from mm. go to woe mm. you know you've got all of these trades that are involved at different stages mm -hmm. so um, when I told my mum and dad so like I said the big push the big push was university when I called them from Darwin and said I, I was thinking about doing a trade dad said okay so at that stage I thought I wanted to be a sparky because yep. I'd never heard of a telecommunications technician um, and he said that's that's interesting how about becoming a plumber instead 
Oh, and then I said, so oh, no, no, I think I, I think I want to be an, an electrician. Um, and he said, okay, no worries. Talk to as many electric, uh, electricians as you can to find out what a typical day um, yeah. involves, um, where you might be working, what you might be doing, who you might be working with, how long does a build last. Yeah. What, try and work out, try and piece the puzzle together. And if it still appeals to you, Go for it. Mm. And so that's what that's I did. That's a great idea. Because yeah. from my, I can still remember it like it was yesterday, like starting my plumbing apprenticeship and I, I basically just had no idea. I fell into it luckily, mm. but I, I didn't really have any idea what a plumber did yeah. at all. We find it a lot, you know, I want to be a carpenter. Oh, tell me what, what does a carpenter do? Well, they're just a builder, aren't they? You know, it's yeah, like, yeah. I actually have no idea what, you know, formwork carpentry, second fix, first fix, like no idea what is involved in, and that's for every trade. Yeah. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. It's a, it's a really good point that and Amanda pushes it quite hard, which I think is good, is that doing your research mm-hmm. in, in finding out what it is that you're actually interested in and what it is yep. you really want to do. But yeah, as Amanda said perfectly, driver's license, white card, are the two massive ones. There's been a bit of a shift with driver's license lately, we're noticing. Uh, this sort of new generation coming through, it doesn't seem to be a priority. Mm. Um, if you want to trade, it's a priority. You mm-hmm. need to take it your driver's definitely license. Is. So there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You yeah. need your driver's license. And is that, do you know guys know much about that CITB driving program? A little bit. So they, to my understanding, they offer, they will fund three driving lessons for a very minimal, I don't know the actual logistics, but three. And then if you can secure a letter of, uh, offer of employment, they mm-hmm. will fund for another seven or eight, I think. I was going to say six. Yeah, six, yeah, six. A lot. Around that. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. basically, and that's just to ensure that they're serious about it. They're not going to be wasting yeah. it. And they've, they've put the effort in to do their research, find where they want to go and are actively looking yeah. to, to pursue it. Well, so. we won't get anyone to hold us to the actual stats yeah. on it, but th- at that's least the, that's the it's important for people yeah. to know that there is this CITB drivers program because sure. I don't think a lot of these, because th- that's a challenge a lot of these kids have is mm. um, it's expensive to do it, get Absolutely. your driver's license and yeah. it's a massive investment for your parents. You know, they have to do like 70, 70 or 80 hours in the car with you. Yeah. You know, so that is a barrier for these kids and like Definitely. you said, you have to have... Yeah. That is absolute. You need your license to do Definitely. get into a trade. So yeah. it's important for them to just know that that's out there. If you can, you can get your white card. You can get your driver's license, and you can have a bit of experience, whether that's a cert to in construction or plumbing or electrical, or just some experience out on site with someone. You're setting yourself up perfectly. You're putting yourself yeah. in prime position to to kick goals. Yeah. Can we um before we wrap up? Can we ask you a question? Is that oh, allowed? I've got one more question. Then oh, go for can. it. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you can ask me. I'll go. Isn't I'll come back to this question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just because he's in the. Do handbook you want me to autograph the handbook? handbook or <laughs> go on, ask me. Something that I like to touch on in in this role and in this industry is you know money's great and that's all really important, but is the fulfilment of the industry. So there's something about this industry that I think no other industry has in regards to being able to touch and physically put your hands on and see mm. what sometimes literally your blood, sweat, and tears has gone into. And that was always my fulfilment was stepping back at the end of the day and seeing a happy client and seeing my work, and that's what gave me you know the warm and fuzzy yeah can i ask what it is for you you've been very successful in this industry and you've built up quite a a great company and i know that you're very passionate about this industry can i ask where you find your fulfillment what is it for you at the end of the day Um, well the first thing i think that's important yeah for new people coming through to see where that's coming from my fulfillment initially was like you said because we operate in the insurance industry a lot so it's the yeah this the solving having someone coming to you like a lot of the time we'd have people coming to me like crying bawling their eyes out oh you know i got this water leak or mm-hmm. this is totally from a plumbing perspective no one's been able to find it you know and then we come in and find it or um 
you know, these people have a just a problem, any general, like sometimes these problems are big problems and we can get to the bottom of it and fix it. Now, that, that was initially what I used to get a lot of the fulfilment from. Now, I feel like it's actually from a business owner's perspective, it's, it's definitely for giving other people good oppor- like really good opportunities. That's where I really get, get yeah, off now awesome. with a, from a building, from a company owner's perspective. Like, for instance, Luke, my operations manager here, you know, I love just giving people an opportunity, giving them the space, and just seeing them grow into their role like that that's really what gets me now yeah, i've got a few people who like nathan our um leak detection manager he just you know i think from his he would he would admit to th- saying that he thought he was just going to be a plumber for the re- for his whole life and then he came in here and the business was growing and we realized like geez we need someone to manage this department for mm-hmm. us and he was like i offered him, him it to him and he was really unsure about it just never even thought it would be a possibility in his career and now I've just seen him flourish into just like owning this whole space of our business. And I guess that now is what really gives me the fulfillment. Yeah, I love that. And yeah. it's a great example of how, like we talked about earlier about you're never just a trading, everything can evolve. Mm. So even your fulfillment in the industry has evolved from being Definitely. a trading to being a business owner. And I'm sure it'll keep, it'll continue to change. 100%. Thank you. I just think, I think it's important. Something mm. I touch on a lot is the fulfillment of the industry. Um, yeah. It's not just always about money and it's not just always about what you do. It's also where you get your where definitely you your cup up that's from. so important yeah so thank thanks you. for asking me because yeah. i like that made me think about it, it made <laughs> me feel good uh, i probably just want the last question i want to ask ryan or amanda is do you have any like tips or advice for a young person who might be you know is going to an interview for you know because i think just one that pops into my head and i don't want to steal your answer but is i, I have kids who come in here and they say Oh, I've been lo- I've been looking at your website, um, and I know you guys do this and this and this, and I got you know that's pretty. So they actually they're coming into like the interview, prepared, they're, and they're mm. they're telling me about my business, and I'm straight away I'm just like wow, okay, so that that's awesome. So I just wanted to know if you guys have any like you know tips in how to your your appearance and how to present yourself, and because I think that's important for these kids to know because it's different from you know if you're doing it, it can be different if you're doing an interview in a trade company like they might think it's you know like they're going to interview for google because they see it all on netflix it's it might be a different environment so i just want to know if you had any advice for those kids yeah i love that doing doing a bit of research um yeah i think that would uh i think that's a great start Mm -hmm. um definitely be punctual um definitely think about your appearance um maybe don't overdo it you know tucks probably isn't necessary yeah, but yeah, you know yeah. neat and casual collar at least yeah <laughs> yeah that's right um and yeah just prior preparation prevents poor performance mm. so um really have a think about where you want it to to get you you know like yeah start thinking about what questions they might be asking you so in my um interview at pier so i had no idea what an electrician really did like mm-hmm. a, you know had a very very limited understanding and one of the questions was what's the difference between first fix and second fix um. and my answer was first fix is when you put the wires in and second fix is when you connect the wires which is like yeah, not pretty too far bad. off the mark and that's why i became a telecommunications <laughs> technician <laughs> um so yeah, I would think uh, I would say do your research. Mm. Like I keep saying, mm. do your research. Um, work out uh, 
you know, if you really want it, work hard for it mm-hmm. and be punctual. Don't touch your phone. Leave your phone in your pocket. Yes, yes. Um, and make eye contact, speak clearly, mm-hmm. really believe in yourself. Yeah, that's great say. advice. I, I think, yeah, that, no, that couldn't say any more than that. Just I'm a big believer in attitude over aptitude. So if you rock in, 100%. if you, a lot of time we're finding that students go, but I don't know, I don't know how to do it, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know. Glad you said that. I can teach you all the technical skills in the world. I can teach you everything you need to know about the trade. That's the whole point of an apprenticeship. That's why we've got four years together to mm-hmm. learn these technical skills. What I can't teach is your attitude, your work ethic, whether you rock up with a smile or not, whether you ask questions, you know. So yeah. even if you're sitting in an office having an interview, okay, I know a little bit about the website. Look, I'm not going to lie. I don't really know much about leak detection, but, you know, I'm, I'm really keen to learn and I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. all about it. And I've noticed that you do insurance work and look, I'm not going to lie, I've never done it before, but like, God, I'm keen, yeah. you know. Yeah. And that'll visibly show through and that's something i've always looked for is and a big believer in attitude over aptitude that's every day of the week so glad you said that because that's so important i think a lot of people can get caught up in being you know being afraid that they don't know everything it's Mm. like it's not even about that it's just so it all it is is about attitude yeah because like you said you're gonna we're here to teach you the skills we don't expect you to come in with any skills whatsoever that's what an apprenticeship is, that, is you know, so don't let that hold you back it's it's just about having the right attitude yeah definitely so, and yeah, yeah presentation is important so I remember sitting on an interview with my boss when I was a manager at the time and this bloke rocked in wearing a, a denim jacket with like the fur and, the, and, and a hat yeah, yeah. and he sat down and didn't take his hat off and I was just like like that it just I'm sure he was probably we're probably stupid not to hire him I'm sure he was a fantastic tradesman you know mm. but that just implied he didn't care that he, he just, you know, it, just, yes, it definitely, definitely gave the wrong impression. You know, definitely. even if he wore that coat, but he took it off and took his hat off when he came and sat down, it would have done him the world of good. Yeah. But it just didn't like the, yeah, it's little know, things like that. Say, oh, you know, physical appearance doesn't matter. Like it goes a long way. Those first impressions matter. hundred so percent. Dress appropriately. Like I said, it doesn't need to be a tux. We are trades at the mm-hmm. end of the day, but mm-hmm. uh, still important. And yeah, attitude for me is massive. Just being keen. And so lastly, work, you've touched on it before. It's born to build.com dot a year but with a two as the two yes um socials whereabouts do they hit you guys yeah same up? thing instagram facebook yeah yep. all on those just search born to build yep that's it it'll be there well, thanks ryan and amanda for coming on the plumber Five podcast i i can tell tell you for sure it would have been so beneficial to have something like the born to build program when i was when i was at school in, in especially including the born to build handbook which i, I just love mm. The work you guys at Master Builders is doing is so important right now and I I think the future is looking really bright for anyone who wants to get into a trade. So thanks again and uh, appreciate you coming on. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for for tuning in to another Plumify podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, LinkedIn and all the usual podcast platforms.